Welcome to the Carrot Juice Podcast, where we observe society, we digest it, and through the nuance of it all, we attempt to make progress. In this episode, I wanted to speak about a story that I heard about maybe five years ago. This story, I must admit, impacted my life in a profound way. When I first heard it, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It is my hope in this podcast episode that you will gain a deeper level of understanding and maybe through the context and nuance, you will be able to push the conversation forward in your life with people that you're speaking with the next time you hear a story. We are trying to gain a deeper level of understanding. So it is my promise to you in this episode that we will illuminate the unimaginable power of a couple specific words and the impact they can have over your life. Before diving all the way into the story, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine if Brian Banks was you. Imagine if it was your son, your brother, your father, your uncle, your friend. Imagine that for a moment. We'll have more on that later. So as you already know, I am your host, Monte Lee, here on the Carrot Juice Podcast. I provide commentary and perspective on pop culture. We talk about dating. We talk about true crime. And I also add in productivity tips. If this is your first time listening, do me a favor, rate and review the podcast, please. Five star, five star, five star. If you're watching on YouTube, YouTube stuff, like the video, subscribe, hit the notifications so you get notified anytime I drop content. So without further delay, I don't want to waste your time. So we're going to get right into the story. Who is Brian Banks? Brian Banks grew up in Long Beach, California. He was born on July 24th, 1985 to, from his parents, Leomi Myers and Jonathan Banks. 
I'm going to fast forward and I'm not going to talk about all of his youth. However, the story picks up in high school. In Polytechnic, a.k.a. Poly High School in Long Beach, California. Back in 2002, his junior year, Banks was a standout, super talented high school football player. He had already committed to USC. What happened from there? His junior year and high school acquaintance, Juanetta Gibson, happened. On one fateful day, so in 2002, Brian went to a secluded area of his high school to make out with Juanita Gibson, his girlfriend at the time. The two had their makeout session, but no intercourse was involved with the interaction. Nevertheless, later that same day, Brian was approached by a fleet of cops who pulled up to the high school. The officers arrested Brian and declared it was for a rape of Juanita Gibson. From that moment, the 17-year-old who was about to emerge at USC on a full scholarship and pursue a professional NFL career had his life upended. How did something like that happen? From a makeout session to being accused of rape. There's more to the story. Brian gave his account of what happened after he was arrested. Brian stated, I was facing 41 years to life at this time. Before I could get the trial, my lawyer put me into an interview room and she sat me down with this huge grin on her face as I sat on the other side of the glass. She began to tell me that she came up with this amazing deal 
with the district attorney's office. This was the deal. Brian said he was told that if he pled no contest to one count of sexual assault, he would undergo what's called a 90-day observation at Chino State Prison. He says, My lawyer on this day looked me square in my eyes and said, Brian, I guarantee you will get that probation. You're going to talk to the counselors. They're going to side with you. You will get that favorable report. The attorney continued, but if you walk in there right now and start selecting a jury, I can guarantee you that you're going to end up selecting a jury that's going to be an all white jury and they're going to find you guilty because you're a big black teenager. Could you imagine what was going through Brian's mind at that point? He made out with his girlfriend. He was arrested by the cops and taken to jail. He's speaking to his attorney. She's saying that she made up a deal she came up and, and had a deal on the table with the district attorney's office. And he would be facing an all-white jury as a black teenager if he doesn't take the deal. Brian was only 17. He didn't have the ability to consult his mother. He was given... 10 minutes to make a call on this impossible dilemma to either plead guilty to a crime he didn't commit or risk facing life behind bars in the end He couldn't, he couldn't afford to take a chance on 41 years to life. So he took the deal. But instead of getting the probation, she promised he got the maximum sentence. Five years in prison. What happened from there? After serving five years, Brian was released. He had to register as a sex offender. 
wear an ankle monitor, and essentially live his life as a prisoner on the outside for a crime he didn't commit. Eventually, he would go on to play in the NFL for the Atlanta Falcons. So there is a bit of a happy ending to look forward to. But what happened to Brian Banks' accuser, Winetta Gibson? There was a break in the matter. Brian Banks went from prison cell to the NFL. But that was only possible because of what happened in 2011. While he was still on parole. One day, Brian received a Facebook friend request from somebody he was familiar with. Winetta Gibson. He says, I remember closing my laptop like real quick and just thinking like, what did I just see? Brian asked Juanetta to meet at a private investigator's office. And that's where she said this. They're reporting, you know, doing false reports of rape. Needs to ask the woman closest to them in their lives about this. Ask a woman that you know if she would do that or if she thinks that other women would do that, and you will get the answer no. Parrish's son played football with Brian Banks at Long Beach Polytechnic High in 2002, the time Juanetta Gibson made her false rape accusation. Gibson's family got a million and a half dollar settlement from the school district and Banks got five years in prison and five more on parole shackled with an ankle monitor so I know I'm not behind bars and I know I'm not locked up right now but I'm still very much incarcerated then last year Brian Banks got a Facebook friend request from Juanetta Gibson Mr. Banks called my son Freddie and asked him what should I do my son naturally says hey you gotta call my dad he'll help you with this once I was able to read the case there was no doubt in my mind that this young man was innocent Parrish devised a plan to clear Brian Banks' name. He wired his office. We had a pin like this. With hidden cameras. Sitting in this pin holder. And with microphones. We had put the audio device in that tree right there behind him. The Ms. private Gibson. eye suggested Banks first invite Gibson to his office for a friendly chat about their past. Brian Banks asks Gibson for help in clearing his name. I'll go through with helping you, but... But she's afraid of losing all that money from her settlement. All that money they gave us, I mean, gave me, right. I don't want to have to pay it back. All that, because that right. will take a long time. Now comes the hard part. Banks had to convince Gibson to come back the next day and talk to the private eye who was helping free him. I needed to get her to basically recant everything that she said that Brian did 10 years ago. If I let this man down, I would have to live with that the rest of my life. Hey, the mood in the room was light, 
But investigator Parrish's questioning got heavy. When did you encourage it? Was it after him, before him? After. Now the big question. Did he break you? No, he did not break when she said those things, what did you say to yourself? Wow, <laughs> I got it. It was the key evidence that Banks' lawyers from the California Innocence Project needed to go back to court. And that undercover video got Brian Banks' rape conviction thrown out. Banks' lawyer, Justin Brooks. Well, the videotape is a slam dunk in the sense that she's recanting her testimony. She's specifically saying that he did not rape her. Parrish has had big celebrity cases and well-known clients, but this assignment had a different kind of payoff. Now, I had an opportunity to make a difference in a man's life. That was hard to hear. Mm. That was hard to hear, even still to this day. So, Brian went on and on April 3rd, 2013 he fulfilled his dream of going to the Atlanta Falcons and began participating in Falcons practices and training camp he made his NFL debut in a preseason game against the Cincinnati Bengals he made two tackles in that game he played three additional games before the Falcons released him on August 30 2013 Following the 2013 season, season, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell hired Brian Banks to work in the NFL's Department of Operations. And he also worked in the newly created Replay Center and also assisted with the league's social media. Banks ended up working for the NFL for a few years in New York before getting transferred to Los Angeles. Eventually, he resigned to pursue public speaking opportunities. If it wasn't for the California Innocent Project, he said, I wouldn't have played football. I'd still be a convicted sex offender, Banks said. So I know that's heavy. There's a lot to chew on there. But the moral of the story is... It's a new age. An age of awareness. Of logic. And understanding. Despite popular belief. I think that. More than ever. People are starting to wake up and recognize that the common narrative that has been pushed time and time again will no longer suffice. At the beginning of this episode, 
I mentioned how a couple of words could possess unimaginable power. And when used, they can destroy lives. Those words are me too. The obvious response in light of this story would be men too. But I'm going to go in another direction. I propose this. Trust proof. Let me explain. In the aftermath of the Me Too era, it's not believe all women. It's listen to all people, investigate, and believe all truth. The truth will only be revealed with proof. Moving forward with any accusation before casting any judgment, we must trust proof. And I'll let you I'll let you go with this with one last takeaway. A false accusation can harm anyone, regardless of gender, as it affects the accused as well as real victims. Let this story be a reminder that The ultimate goal is equality. The ultimate purpose of the justice system is due process, liberty, and justice for all, regardless of gender. This topic has been at the forefront of the culture because of the recent trial of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard and I recognized a similarity between Brian Banks' story and Johnny Depp's story. And the correlation is sometimes the difference in you spending time in prison and in and you winning a case like this, both sides are innocent. However, sometimes your socioeconomic status, your age, your circumstances could be the difference in you spending time or you not. And I don't think that's justice. I think that with any accusation, with 
anything that you hear, it is important to take what the person is saying into account and listen intently. But ultimately, there needs to be an investigation and there needs to be a due process and there needs to be innocence until proven guilty when it comes to the accused because it keeps balance in the system. When things sway too far to the left or too far to the right, that is when there is chaos and people lose trust in the system. And that is not what we want in the society overall. So I know that was a meaty and heavy episode, but I think that the conversation is worth having because you never know. Anyone is literally one accusation away from being in a situation like this. Do you want the benefit of the doubt? Do you want the presumption of innocence? Do you want a thorough investigation? And do you want for there to be proof before you could be put away in prison? I would guess the answer to all of that would be yes. And hey, that's been another episode of the Carrot Juice Podcast. I am your host, Monte Lee. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, rate and review the podcast, please. Five star, five star, five star. Also share it with somebody that you think would enjoy this show. You can also find anything Carrot Juice Podcast at CarrotJuicePodcast.com. That is Carrot, K-A-R-A-T, Juice Podcast.com. I'm also on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Furthermore, this podcast is written, produced, edited, and everything else by yours truly, Monte Lee. Oh, we'll leave it there. All right. Like I say, every time with the Carrot Juice podcast, love someone, hug someone. Do something good for somebody, not expecting anything in return. And until next time, peace.